Praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at. Again, it's an, always an honor and a privilege to uh, minister the Word of God and always an honor and a privilege to have those out there wanting to listen as we do minister the Word of God. So anyway, we just want to thank you for listening in. Praise God. Again, encourage you. If you uh, send us an email. Amen. Let us know what's happening. Amen. Wherever you're at, by however you're listening or watching, praise God. We just uh, love to hear from you. Uh, hear a testimony or maybe even a prayer request if you've got some uh, needs out there that we can help you with. So anyway, we're just blessed that you're with us. Again, this is kind of like a midweek service, so we've been talking about our patriarchs of faith. And so with that said, let's go to our opening verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 says, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition or instruction or teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now, as we've been every week been bringing out that this, of course, in context, talking about the children of Israel, and of course, some of the stuff that happened to them wasn't good stuff, and some of the things mentioned here weren't good things, but it's things for you to learn from. Amen. You know, the idea is to learn uh, by Him instructing and teaching and showing us things, or learning by the example of others and not necessarily having to go through it all ourselves. Amen? Because uh, some of these things are, are lessons you'd rather uh, read about and learn the easy way and not, uh, uh, in a sense, take the school of hard knocks. Amen? Which is something they did. So anyway, um, with that said, today we're going to talk about one of my favorite Old Testament characters, and that's Joshua. Now, we have... Um, We've kind of danced around Joshua's life here a little bit uh, over the course of this series. Um, when I talked about with Caleb, I, of course, talked quite a bit about Joshua. And uh, we ministered on Moses. I did the same thing, probably brought a couple things out about uh, Joshua. And I believe in a few weeks back, we talked about Rahab. Um, and I believe I might have mentioned a thing or two about, about Joshua. And, uh, and I kind of got to, you know, as I've been praying about, you know, each from week to week, what to do, I kind of just go with a leading and whatever I kind of feel in my heart. And I kind of, Joshua came up and, and it was one of those things you kind of question whether you should or shouldn't, because I've, I've danced around his life quite a bit through this series. But in all honesty, he's just a gentleman I love to talk about because I love uh, the qualities that are in this man. I love uh, the things he brings to the table and the example that he was. Um, and is to us today. And so, with that said, we're going to go. Um, we're going to go to Joshua 24, which is a text, kind of a common text, um, of at least part of it is. And um, it's something I, uh, a couple weeks back here, even in our uh, main service with the church, um, used uh, a piece of this anyway. Used some of this uh, as for a main text. But I just want to start here uh, to make a point or two, and then I want to move forward um, and kind of walk through uh, some of the uh, texts that we have concerning his life, and uh, uh, and then probably end up back here again, maybe at the end. That's At least that's my intention to do today. So verse, uh, chapter 24 of Joshua, and verse 14 and 15, of course, this is his, his basically, in a sense, his farewell address. Um, you know, they, they've already taken the promised land, already divided out the lands, and now he's basically taking all the leaders and he's addressing them, okay, about, you know, about staying true to God and all that. So he says this, verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river 
in, in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seems evil uh, to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites who's in whose land you dwell. Uh, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, of course, that's uh, the text right there that, you, you know, you see it all over the place. I mean, even in my own house, I've probably got, you know, a dozen, uh, you know, things either on the desk or on the wall or hanging, you know, up on my shelves or something. You know, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And that's just a common text. And really, it's a, um, you know, it is a, it is a, um, a quality statement made or a question asked, maybe I could put, um, you know, where are you at with the Lord? You know, are you going to serve God? And if so, you know, are you, uh, uh, you and your household going to serve God? You know, uh, as I've made mention many times, you know, if you don't lead your household, they'll lead you. So you got to make a decision, you know, which direction you're going to go and, and then settle it, you know, get, uh, uh, get resolute about those kind of things. Amen. But let's go back up here to verse 14. It says, now, therefore, fear the Lord. Amen. Now, this word fear just means to respect or to honor, okay? It literally means to elevate or give authority unto, okay? So to fear the Lord, uh, it says, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, okay? The word sincerity just means entire or genuine or authentic. It speaks of realness and it declares like no facade, okay? No, nothing hidden, no hidden agenda, okay? So serve Him in sincerity and in truth, which the word means true, um, stability, certainty, assured, or conviction, but it, it means without wavering, okay? So that's what this word truth here, it means true, to be true unto, okay, kind of a thing. And so then it goes right on, see, then it says, and put away, right? So in other words, if you're going to be true unto God, you put away all the other gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. So that's what he's talking about. He says, be true, okay? So don't, don't, don't get caught up with all these other things. Keep Stay true to God. And it uses this word serve, and it's kind of a common word if you look at, 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 at verses 14 and verses 15 here. Multiple times it mentions serve the Lord. And this word just means to be a bondservant, really. It means to wait on, uh, to attend unto, to assist or avail for or be useful for. Okay, so these are uh, some of this, what this word. So we're talking about being a bond servant unto the Lord. Now, as I got to thinking about um, the life of Joshua, there's there's just so many things that we're going to find, so many qualities about him that are pretty uh, pretty cool. Okay, um, but the I, I was trying to kind of summarize it best I could, and I don't know if I'm even doing that great of a job with this, but I'm I just feel like he's uh, an honorable servant. And that's kind of what I'm going to go with here, an honorable servant. Now, we, we touched on honor, uh, being honorable, uh, I believe it was last week with Jabez, um, you know, because the word said he was more honorable than his brothers. And so we touched on, you know, being honorable a little bit. But um, my heart today maybe is to maybe magnify that a little bit more and uh, with Joshua's life. Now, if you kind of back up into this verse 14, um, what you really see Probably what I see, I'm hoping you see it too. Okay, let's put it that way. Um, is kind of a maybe a, a a summary of a revelation that uh, Joshua had. Okay, and that is um, to remain honorable. Amen. To remain honorable, sincere, and true to God. All right, and that's exactly what he was. He was honorable, sincere. He was real. 
right? Genuine, no facade, and no wavering. He was true unto God. And um, what one of the things that, that I see in Joshua's life was it wasn't just unto God, but he was that way unto Moses, okay, which was God's servant, okay? Um, and so, uh, you know, he's true unto the leaders. He was also true and, and honorable before the people, before his peers, okay? So you really see threaded through this whole thing that we're going to share today is a man being honorable uh, to everybody, okay, and uh, especially unto his God. And, and that's what kind of makes him uh, a pretty unique gen, uh, individual, praise God. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to bring it out again at the end here, at least we, we hope we get there, and that is you can't have verse 15 without verse 14, uh, you know, engaged or, or happening, okay? If you want verse 15 fulfilled, whereas for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, then you got to have verse 14, okay, in manifestation, okay? And so uh, that's really kind of what he's bringing out in this text. And, um, you know, he's addressing them all. Listen, if this is going to work for you, man, you're going to have to settle some things, all right? And of course, they uh, they didn't really totally get the point. They kind of acted like they did, but they didn't totally because it wasn't long, and they kind of went went squirrely. But uh, Joshua remained true. The Scripture says that uh, he died at the age of uh, 110. Amen. And the Word calls him the servant of the Lord. Amen. And uh, uh, which is what they called Moses too. You know. So I thought that was pretty unique. But anyway, so enough said there. Let's go back into Exodus is where we're going to start with this. Back into Exodus. And um, chapter, let's do chapter 17. That's what we're going to do. Chapter 17. And what my attempt today is to uh, just bring out several texts with him in it, and you're going to see some of the qualities of his life um, uh, come into fruition where you can see it and you know in manifestation. And I'm going to go to uh, see chapter 17 of Exodus, verse 8. And it says, Now Amalek uh, came and fought with Israel in uh, Rephidim. Okay, I don't know if I pronounce it totally right. But anyway, it says, And Moses said to Joshua, so obviously Joshua's there. In fact, um, Numbers 11 brings out that jo uh, Moses referred to him as his assistant and one of his choice men. Okay, so I thought that was interesting. So here he is, one of Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, Joshua, praise God. And he told Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did, and that's one of the first things we see about Joshua, Okay, first off, uh, he followed, okay? He did what he was asked to do, okay? He was, uh, he was obedient. Um, he was, in a sense, we could even use uh, submissive uh, to his leaders, okay, and to his God. We're going to find out before it's over with here. So Joshua did, as Moses said to him, and fought with Amalek. The other thing you see is a man's courageous. He ain't afraid of nothing. Uh, we don't really see any place in here where we see Joshua being fearful of anything. And uh, now he gets addressed by God to make sure that he don't let fear in. Uh, but uh, we really don't see in his life any place where he was fearful of the enemies uh, or even fearful of the people. Um, you know, definitely wasn't uh, fearful of God. I mean, in the sense, in the bad sense, I'm not talking about a good sense. Uh, 
you know, he did remain respectful and honorable unto God through and through. Amen. But as far as some panic or scared of, you know, because the children of Israel showed some of that, you know, and even when uh, there was a move of God up on the mount, they didn't want to go close because they were afraid, you know, afraid of God. They didn't want to get anywhere close to him, you know, but, uh, but Joshua didn't have a problem with it. All right. Well, anyway, I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag here. But anyway, so Joshua did as Moses said to him, and he fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up on the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, uh, one on one side, one on the other, right? And his hands were uh, uh, were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek, okay, and his people with the edge of the sword. Then it said, the Lord said to Moses then, okay, after the, this is done, write this for a memorial, okay, in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua. I thought that was kind of interesting, in the hearing of Joshua. So obviously, God's already seen some things, some qualities in Joshua. And you're going to keep Joshua in the loop, so to speak, and for the fact that he, you know, was obviously aware of Joshua was going to carry on some things, so he needs to be aware of what he what he's declaring here, what he's, uh, you know, the the basically the memorial that he's making, the, the things he's writing down and recording. He wants to make sure that Joshua knows this stuff, okay? And he said that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar, all right, and called its name, the Lord is my banner. Okay, and that's just, that's verse 15. But anyway, uh, of course, if you recall later on, Amalek, um, even up until uh, King uh, Saul, okay, uh, he was called to go in there and utterly take out Amalek, okay, finish the job, get, get rid of him because of what they did here to the children of Israel. God was not happy with Amalek. Okay, and so anyway, uh, and that whole deal where, uh, you know, uh, King Saul didn't quite follow through with it, and later on it became an issue, uh, and David had to deal with it later. And actually, to be honest, uh, King Saul was actually killed by an Amalekite. All right, so, you know, if you don't take, you know, if you don't deal with the Amalekites, the Amalekites will deal with you. Anyway, it's a whole other sermon there. But, but the bottom line is, okay, that's what's going on here. So he's, he's, he's letting it be known. Okay, I'm settling it right now. He's telling Moses this, uh, that Amalekite will be wiped off the planet. We're going to eliminate them one day. So make sure Joshua knows that. Okay, and I just thought that was interesting. But what we see here is a man who's courageous, a man who's uh, a, sub, a submissive uh, assistant to Moses. All right, uh, well, let's look at chapter 24. Let's just kind of move through here a little bit. Um, Exodus chapter 24, please. And uh, verse 13, it says this, uh, 24, 13 of Exodus. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, here he is, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here uh, for us. Okay, you know, for us until we uh, come back to you. All right, indeed, Aaron and her uh, with you, are with you, pardon me. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain. And a cloud covered the mountain. Uh, now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Uh, the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. In other words, they could see it from down below. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain uh, 40 days and 40 nights. Now recognize back in verse 14, it says, wait for us. 
until we uh, come back, right? And he says, and he was and then verse 18 says they were up there for what 40 days and 40 nights. Well, who's the we? Who's the us? Well, it's the assistant. Okay. Joshua's with him. In fact, let's go now to chapter uh 32. Because we got a lot happening uh, while he's up there. Okay, but chapter 32 and verse 13. No, 32. Let's go to verse. Um, verse 15, okay, uh, and Moses returned and went down from the mountain. Now, this is uh, 32.15 of Exodus. Uh, Moses turned and went down from the mountain. Okay, now he's returning, and the, uh, with, and the two tablets of the testimony were, were in his hand. Okay, talking about the, right, the tablets, right? And... Um, the tablets were written on both sides, uh, on the one side and the other, they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people, as they shouted, uh, he said to Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. And of course, it wasn't. They're down there partying. That's the whole scenario with the golden calf thing. But the bottom line is, who was with him? I just want you to know, he, he went, they went up together. They came down together, okay? Now, we don't necessarily have record of Joshua being right next to Moses when he's communicating with God, but he was right there close, and, uh, but, and he waited. Isn't that amazing? Joshua didn't go back down, okay? Didn't go down and hang out uh, at, the, you know, at the bottom, okay, waiting for Moses. He waited up on the mount with Moses, okay, or for Moses, okay, as a faithful assistant. All right, and that's exactly what you see here. And we see he's a loyal servant. We say we see that he's reliable. Okay, we see that he's faithful. Okay, he stays true. All right, to Moses. All right, and to God. All right, it's just some things that you see about him. Okay, with that said, let's go to chapter thirty-three and look at something. I hope you're hearing this. All right, and again, I know I'm kind of moving through all this, but the idea is to bring out. Um, and, and, and show you an honorable servant of God. And these are qualities uh, that you or me should possess, okay? Uh, you know, you think about the obedience and submission unto God and unto our leaders, uh, the, uh, the qualities of faithfulness and reliability, okay? And just being true, okay? Uh, being loyal, all right? There's just some things about that, okay? And you don't see a lot of that, okay? And, I'm, and you know that, I know that, all right? It's just... You just don't see a lot of that anymore. And, uh, but this man, okay, was an honorable man, honorable for his peers, honorable uh, before his leaders, and honorable for his God, all right? And these are qualities this man possessed, all right? Let's look at something here in chapter 33, verse 7. And it says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, uh, far from the camp, and uh, called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. You notice it's open for anybody here, okay? And it was, or so it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his door, uh, tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. So we see everybody kind of, you know, showing some respect in that sense. Every time he went... They'd come out, they'd show some respect by standing outside their doorway 
until he went in. Okay. But it said, and it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped each man in his, his own tent door. Okay. Uh, you, you know, they, now they all are welcome to go up there. But everybody kind of stayed back, okay? So the Lord spoke with Moses face to face. So we're seeing kind of this presence thing. This and actually it means countenance or presence, okay? So him and him and God are talking, right, face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But here we go. His servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Did not depart from the tabernacle. He hung out there. So obviously he was there. When Moses was there, he got in on whatever was going on there. He got in on it, okay? And he never left, okay? Now you're starting to see some things, okay? This is a man that, that operated really what I like to say is some self-discipline self about seeking God, okay? There was a part about him. He owned it. Um, he took responsibility for his own walk, his own relationship with God. There was just some things about this that, to me, it just speaks volumes. I mean, uh, you know, this man every day spent time with God, okay? And we don't know if he got the face-to-face -face stuff with God or not. All I know is he obviously hung out there. He stayed around the presence of God. He did it on the mount. He's doing it in the tabernacle of meeting. Even when Moses would go back uh, to, you know, his own tent somewhere or back into another, you know, whatever, he, he would hang out there. Okay. And you notice there's nobody else doing it. Um, so this man's already setting himself or positioning himself as, you know, a, uh, as a leader. Okay. Not just because of what he's doing in Moses or for Moses or with Moses, but also he's already establishing his own walk with God. Okay. Which is obviously something that's going to come up very regular. But anyway, the point is, this man, okay, had uh, a walk with God, all right, that he himself, okay, was disciplined, okay, remember what I said earlier, a self-discipline, okay, about his own walk with God, seeking God on his own, amen, developed a walk, and, and, and what we're going to find out here, developed a hearing ear for God, okay? So it's uh, all of this comes out of time spent with God. This is one of the reasons he's, he's one of my favorite, uh, you know, out of the old covenant, uh, because this man uh, is a perfect example of an individual who just stayed true, just kind of worked up through the ranks. Okay, stayed true, uh, served people. Okay, served his leaders. Okay, was faithful and true. Um, you know, and as a result of it, promotion, 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 promotion. Uh, this man gets in, gets to be around uh, some situations that nobody else got to be around. You know, we see that in the new covenant, uh, some things with people like, uh, you know, when when Jesus was up on the mount, you have people like John and and Peter, and the, you know they get they get to be kind of involved in some things that maybe the rest of them didn't get to be involved in. Well, Joshua was that way. Okay, he got to be involved in things, see things that the rest of them never did see. Okay, but you have to understand that he was true and faithful from the beginning, and as a result of it, he became 
Moses' assistant because he was one of the choice men, okay? Uh, and he served God for, you know, what do we got? I suppose the timeline would be, you know, um, anywhere from 70, 80 years of, of service unto God that we know of, okay? Um, and everything, even the whole time when the children of Israel had messed up and uh, here he is roaming in a wilderness for 40 years because of a decision of other people, even though he remained true. And again, I'm kind of jumping the gun here a little bit. But the point is, he remained disciplined in his walk with God. Okay, regardless of what else was happening around, regardless of whether he was going through some things that wasn't even his own fault. He still Remain true unto God, an honorable man before his peers, before his leaders, and before his God. All right? And I believe it's because of the personal, intimate walk that he had with God, a self-disciplined seeker of God, amen, a man who stayed true uh, to seeking God, amen, on a daily basis. Praise God. And that's what made him the leader that he was. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, with that said, let's go to Numbers. Go to Numbers chapter 14. <clears throat> Numbers 14. Um, of course, this is after uh, they sent in the 12 spies. And of course, uh, ten of them brought back an evil report. The two that, that stood their ground was Caleb and, and uh, Joshua. Now, of course, we brought out a lot of this when we talked about Joshua's life because he was a man with a different spirit, all right? But Joshua was right there with him, okay? And uh, we, all, we know that he obviously was a leader because he was one of the 12 that got to go in to, uh, to spy out the land. But I want to kind of pick it up after the... After the children of Israel got the Eve report, now they're all whining and boohooing and crying, and, and you know, it just gets kind of nutty from there. But um, we're going to go to like verse uh, 6 of chapter 14, Numbers 14 and verse 6. It says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, okay, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes because of everything that's going on now. Now they're all, oh my gosh, what's happening here? And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. In other words, they're trying to, again, uh, uh, again speak to them, tell them, listen, don't back, don't get fearful, don't, don't listen to the evil report, let's go in and do what we're supposed to do. And he, they said this, If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Uh, their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said, stone them with stones. Can you imagine this? Wow. Now, now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle meeting before all the children of Israel. And okay, then it goes on, but and uh, Moses, you know, kind of intercedes and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, the bottom line is, is we're see the basically separating the men from the boys here, so to speak, uh, where uh, Joseph and I uh, probably with Joshua and Caleb stood their ground, and even at the, even at the at the risk of losing their own lives because they're they're ready they're ready to stone them, right? 
I just, the whole thing's just crazy. But what you see in this man's life um, is um, he, he saw himself as a leader. Okay, and was willing, even though he saw the people kind of going south here a little bit uh, because of, of what the others had said, he remained optimistic and also responsible. This is where that honorable, even before his peers, I mean, he was willing to listen, listen, we can't go here. We, got, we, we can do this, okay? God is with us. You know, he, he's standing his ground, even though he can see everything's going the wrong direction here. He, you know, he could have just got up there and chewed everybody out and, uh, you know, slapped a couple of them upside the head for their stupidity. Uh, you know, but he, he, he's trying to, he's trying to talk them off the cliff, so to speak, and let it be known that don't listen to this. Don't give heed to this. Let's go in there and take this because God is with us. All right. Now, obviously he remained true to that. Because through the whole scenario now, we got their, they roam in a wilderness for 40 years because of this very thing. That's why the children of Israel roamed in the wilderness. That's why the 10 spies uh, end up dead. That's why uh, that generation in, became fertilizer in the wilderness uh, because of this whole scenario right here. And one year for every day that the spies were in the land, spying out the land, they come back and the two men, Joshua and Caleb, give a good report. Uh, the other 10 gave what the word, the word calls it an evil report, which is what started the problem. Okay. Which now they're all boohooing and, and uh, victims and some seeing the worst, all that kind of stuff. And it's just uh, crazy. Okay. But Joshua, we see here trying to talk everybody off the cliff, so to speak, trying to get everybody to uh, rethink this. All right, let's, 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 let's move forward. You know, I just, I guess I see a man trying to do his best to be as honorable before God, honorable before his leader, okay, Moses, and trying to still be honorable before these people, all right, and trying to do his best to be a responsible leader to these people, okay? It'd been real easy just to shake your head and just say, what a bunch of idiots, okay, or whatever, okay? Uh, you know, I mean, it'd been real easy just to get, you know, him and Caleb could have just said, forget it, We're, forget these people, you know, but they didn't, okay? And we see definitely Joshua, okay? Um, this man, you know, still ends up becoming, in time, their leader, okay? 40 years later, he's their leader now, okay? So obviously, this boy did something right, okay? And what we see is a man who's not only uh, submissive, not only, uh, uh, you know, obedient, uh, reliable, faithful, true, okay? But we see him uh, as accountable, amen, as, as responsible as a leader, praise God, amen. And one of those things I, I mentioned earlier too is optimistic. I just kind of, this man remained optimistic, okay? And if you're going to be a leader, you, you better have some of that, okay? If you don't have that, it's going to be a long road to hoe, I'm telling you. So um, anyway, uh, that's, these are some qualities this man had. Okay, so with that said, uh, these are some things you see kind of the build up of everything. Now let's let's take up in Joshua one, please. Joshua one. And um uh I want to um kind of now talk a little bit, kind of take this a little bit probably more about Joshua and his relationship with God now. 
Okay, we see him being true, um, true to Moses and true to the, um, the people, which is obviously going to continue. Obviously, he remains true to his peers. But um, in fact, uh, let's see, let's do this. Let's bring out um, verse 1 of chapter 1. A lot of times I read these first, I don't know, 9, 10 verses, and um, to me I see the keys of success. Uh, if you're going to succeed, this, this is something you follow. This is something God's speaking to Joshua here. But what I'm going to do here, I'm going to kind of look at this a little bit, maybe a little bit kind of speed through some of this. But verse 1, I want to spend a second on that. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Now, you notice it calls him Moses, the servant of the Lord. Later on, at, at, in um, which is, I believe, in... Uh, it must be a Deuteronomy, I think it is. I think it's in Deuteronomy. No, it's in Judges. I'm sorry, Judges. Uh, beginning of Judges, that's right. We see where the death of Joshua, it's referred to, he's referred to as as the servant of the Lord. I just thought that was interesting. So, you know, Moses referred to as the servant of the Lord, and later Joshua is referred to as the servant of the Lord. Which Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But anyway, after the death of Moses, servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke. Here we go. The Lord spoke. The Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, of course, and then he says something. We're going to look at this in a minute. But the Lord spoke to him. Well, he's not, he's not talking through, uh, through Aaron. He's not talking through the prophetic uh, office. He's talking directly to him. Um, well, why is he doing that? Well, because uh, Joshua has a relationship with God. Well, how does he have a relationship with God? Because he, spent time, he spends time communing with God. Spent time in the tabernacle. And even at times when Moses and everybody else left, he's there. You know, he's there. Okay, why? Well, developing a relationship. Uh, honing in his, his uh, tuning in, his hearing. Amen. Uh, you know, getting, getting, uh, getting his, you know, uh, you know, his ear to hear, uh, you know, what God has to say. And so we see uh, where uh, God talks with Joshua directly. All right. Uh, you know, and you know, you might say, well, that's you know, duh. Well, uh, you know, not every leader got that. Some leaders, they they were talked to through a prophet. You know, it wasn't it wasn't directly. They didn't have that kind of relationship with God. Uh, but Moses did, and and Joshua did. All right, and we also see maybe just some quick references. Three, chapter three, of verse seven, I believe it is. It says, and the Lord said to Joshua, right, Hallelujah. So, uh, chapter. Um, Oh, I might have wrote some of them down here. Chapter 6 was one. I think chapter 6, verse 2. And the Lord said uh, to Joshua, right? See, I've given Jericho. That's when the whole thing with Jericho and explain what to do there. But we see where uh, references, there's others here where the Lord spoke directly to Joshua. Okay, the Lord spoke directly to Joshua. Okay, go back to chapter 3. Let's look at another reference here, real quick. Uh, chapter 10. Actually, uh, yeah. Okay, so the Lord's talked to him, and um, so now Joshua's going to turn and say, say some things to, uh, to uh, the children of Israel. Uh, it says, uh, by this you shall know, this is verse 10, that the living God is among you, and that he be, will, uh, and that he will without fail drive out before you all the ites. Okay, I'm not going to go through all that. But anyway, the bottom line is I want to bring this out. He referred to God as a living God. It means critical, okay? Um, or crucial, maybe a better word. Okay, so 
Um, why is that? Well, um, he's a God that's present. Um, he's a God uh, that's always with you. Okay. He had a personal relationship with God. Okay. And that personal relationship, okay, through that personal relationship, he saw God as the living God. Okay. So in other words, it was, he was intimate with him. Saw him present all the time. In fact, a reference out of the new covenant, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For those that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's Hebrews eleven six. Okay, that he is. He's a God, uh, and we must believe that he is. That's a key if we're going to walk by faith. It's a key. That's what I, I, one of those things I see in, in Joshua's life here is that he saw God as a living God, as the God, a God who is, okay, present, accessible, touchable, okay, personal, okay. So he saw God as a living God, okay. How did all that happen? Time spent with God. He communed with God. And now God's communicating with him one-on-one, uh, -on -one, leading him and directing him, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I believe that's one of those things that is a, a you know, something that comes out of this honorable relationship, this honorable, uh, being an honorable servant unto God, an honorable servant to others, amen. And, and part of that's by developing that relationship, uh, that intimacy with God. And I, I felt that's one of the reasons that uh, Joshua uh, is, is, you know, a, a key player in this. I mean, somebody that I, I really respect. I, I look forward to the day to get to meet him. And, um, you know, I just see a man that, Develop that relationship. And as a result of it, it's paying off here. Okay, he's leading him. So if you go back now to chapter one, and I appreciate you letting me kind of go through all that, but you know, um, what you see in this, in this, in this uh, you know, thing is that he had a revelation of God being a living God. Um, one of those things you see is he had a revelation of God being his source, you know, his sufficiency. And in fact, um, I might have wrote it down here, but 2 Corinthians. Uh, chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, is that we have such trust and reliance through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers uh, under the new covenant. The word sufficiency is made fit, able, adequate, suitable, competent, or capable. And the reason I mention that is because that's really... You know, when you start thinking about a man that seek God, seeks God on a daily basis, was disciplined about that, there were reasons for it. First, he began to realize and see him as a living God. Secondly, as his source. And he realized that, you know, without God, I can do nothing. And I think that's to me and you, that's that's a part of it. That honorability part of it is because he's our source. Man, why wouldn't you remain true? Why wouldn't you stay connected? Uh, why wouldn't you remain respectful and honorable unto God? Walk in the fear of the Lord. Why wouldn't you do those things? I mean, He's your source. He's your answer. Uh, you know, Deuteron Deuteronomy even brings out He's your life. Okay, and uh, so I, I just I just think that that's some of the stuff He brings to the table in, in, as an example to you and me. And um, you know, I, I think about um, you know with Him. Um, uh, just like you and me, um, God said, uh, in fact, Jesus said, and uh, I want to say like John 5, he, he brought out, he says, I can't of myself do nothing. That's what Jesus said. 
And then chapter 15 of John, he says, you can of yourself do nothing. And what you see in Joshua is the same thing. He's thinking, I can't of myself do nothing. God's my sufficiency. God's my answer. So I always go to God. I look to God. I lean on God. And I said a lot there. So I hope, you, hope you're hearing this. But anyway, it's back to Joshua 1. Here we go. A lot said there. Uh, so anyway, so now God's speaking to Joshua. And he gives him some instructions. Moses, my servant, is dead. Okay, now therefore arise, go over to the, uh, this Jordan. He's giving him instruction here. You and all his people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, uh, to the uh, great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. Praise God, some good promises. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which uh, I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong, he repeats himself, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all uh, the law which, uh, my, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn uh, from it to the right hand or left. In other words, stay resolute, right, that you may prosper wherever you go, and this book of the law, or this word, shall not depart from your mouth. Come on now. In other words, you got to keep it coming out your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Amen. And have I not, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, in other words, he's giving him all kinds of instruction here. This is the beginning of it. Okay. And I know I sped read through that. Uh, but the idea is that, um, God's given him instruction. He's, he's given him direction. Okay. And because he's an honorable servant, he follows. Okay. He does what he asks him to do. Okay. Um, you're going to move forward. Every place of foot, sole of your foot treads yours. Okay. This is how you do it. Okay. Don't give yourself over, uh, you know, to wavering, uh, back and forth. Stay, stay connected. Keep it in your mouth. Keep it in your head, right? Keep your head right, your heart right, your mouth right. Come on now. So he's telling him here, all right, don't get fearful of anything. I'm with you. So, you know, he establishes all this. He says, if you do these things, you're going to be successful. So what, is, what does Joshua do? He does what he said. And he became suce- successful, all right? What was that verse we like to use in verse 8 there? Uh, you're going to make your way prosperous and you're going to have good success. Well, that's what he did. Okay, he had good success. He made his way prosperous. Why? Uh, because he did what he said. He kept it before him. Amen. If he talked to him, that's what he talked. If he kept, you know, if he thought things, that's what he thought. Amen. He kept his head right and his mouth right. Come on now. And as a result, kept his heart right. So anyway, the point is that because he's an honorable servant, he goes and gets his instruction because God's his source. He had an ear to hear it. Okay. He let God lead him. And he followed it, and it manifested, okay? Now, let's, let's look at another thing. Let's go to chapter 7. <clears throat> now, what we have in chapter 6 and 7, we see where Jericho goes down. Of course, um, it all went as planned. And, um, but then all of a sudden, um, they have, uh, you know, a little community called AI that they have to go, uh, you know, that's next in line. And of course, they go and they get embarrassed. And there's, there's some reason for part of this, okay? 
part of it is Joshua didn't get the leading of the Lord on this moment. Okay. Um, he didn't go to God first. Okay. He just assumed that he was still under, you know, so he just going along. Well, Jericho went like planned. So let's just go to the next town and we have a little problem. Okay. And of course it didn't go right. So now Joshua is upset about it. Okay. Because he thought that he was doing the will of the Lord, which he wasn't. Okay. But he thought he was, okay? He got a little bit of a, uh, you know, got reprimanded a little bit here. And we see in verse 10, it says, So the Lord said to Joshua, Get up, why do you lie thus on your face? And of course, that's what it was. He was, he was, he was upset. Uh, and so he's basically making a little bit of a scene there in front of God. Uh, and really, if you stop and you think about it, uh, the reason being, um, you know, he he assumed he was everything was was fine. He assumed that, you know, what God had told him was, was mani- going to manifest, okay? But then it didn't. So then he got all worked up about it. Like, what, what, what's the deal, right? Well, then God kind of basically set, set it straight, okay? Uh, you know, this whole thing with Achan and everything that happened there and taking some of the stuff out of Jericho when it wasn't supposed to be. And uh, the point is, a whole long story there, but the bottom line, what I'm trying to bring out is that God rebuked him. Come on now. And gave, you know, gave him instruction and he received the rebuke and he followed the instruction and got things back in order. And as a result of it, praise God, they had like 31 or 32 consecutive victories. Okay, until we get to the end of this. But I'm just trying to bring out here with this, these couple texts right here, was that an honorable man, an honorable servant of God, an honorable man or woman, okay, uh, an honorable servant. Um, if you're going to be honorable before God, honorable before your peers, honorable uh, before your leaders, okay, then you got to be willing to take instruction and you got to be willing to take rebuke. And nobody really wants to hear that, but in all honesty, um, you know, there's a mini success in my own life that came out of a rebuke, okay, and uh, nobody likes to be rebuked. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I didn't necessarily like to be rebuked when I got rebuked, but a word of rebuke sometimes is what set me straight. Okay. And there are times that as, as leaders that, that address me. And there were times when the, the Lord himself addressed me. Okay. Times even once in a while when an appear would say something and it would, it would bring in a sense, a, a, a word of correction. Okay. And, uh, to me, um, you got to be open to that. You got to be ready for that. If you're going to be an honorable individual, okay, before God and before your leaders and before your peers, then you got to not only be open for instruction to be led, but you got to be open for rebuke, okay? Because you know as well as I do, we don't all have the answers and we don't always do everything right. I mean, we'd like to think we do, but we don't, okay? We don't, not all of our opinions are right. Not all of our you know, steps are always accurate, okay? Sometimes we get a little bit ahead of God, or sometimes we're not paying attention. In this case, he, he just kind of rolled along and didn't stop and get a word, okay? And that happened a couple times with, with uh, uh, Joshua, okay? But he got squared. He got straight, okay, which is great, okay? So he not only was open for instruction, but open for rebuke, okay? And that's one of the, one of the qualities that makes him a great, great leader. Okay. Uh, and you know, it's, 
It's probably not something that everybody wants to talk about, but to me, that's what makes them great. Okay? Um, Because they recognize that even though they're the leader, in this particular case, he knew he was a leader, but he recognized, I still don't, I'm not, God's my source. I don't have all the answers. He's got the answers. Okay? And so he saw God as his sufficiency. He saw God, praise God, as the living God. He saw God as his source, amen, but yet at the same time, a personable God that he could communicate with on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's just, you know, all that just makes it kind of cool, amen, amen. So with that said, let's go back to where we started in Joshua 24, amen. And of course, we're going to, you know, skip a bunch of things going on here. All the the victories and everything that happened in, uh, you know, as they went through uh, the land. Uh, and again, we're going to go now pick up again where we read. Uh, this is the address again of of Joshua with um, with the children of Israel, or actually, pretty I think it's pretty much the leaders are all brought here. And I want to read it again, kind of now in the light of everything we kind of heard today. Okay, so now therefore fear the Lord. Okay, serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the, uh, of the river or the gods of the Amorites, okay, in whose land uh, you now dwell. But as for me and my house, we will, we will serve. We will serve the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So, uh, as I said earlier, I'm going to say it again. You can't have verse 15 without verse 14 in manifestation. And that's why we address what we did today, because to me, verse 14 summarizes this man's life. All right? A man that feared God, he respected and honored God. All right? A man, praised God, that served God. Okay? Laid down, was a bond servant to God. Amen. And he did it in sincerity and in truth. In other words, he remained real. Now hang on to this, right? If, if you're not going to receive instruction and correction, I guarantee you, okay, you ain't being real. Okay, not before God. You're not. You're, there's, there's, no, there's no walk of sincerity there. Okay, I'm telling you. Okay, okay, you got to be, you got to sense be, um, um, uh, avoid a facade, okay? I'm just going to say it like that. Um, you can't have personal agenda and think you're going to uh, move forward in God, okay? Um, you can't just, you know, say things and and not have, you know, some uh, depth of meaning behind it, okay? Uh, you got to be real with God. Um, you know, one of the texts I use a lot of times when I'm dealing with that, you know, is out of talking about the armor of God and the first piece of armor it tells you to put on is, is the belt of truth. I mean, it's, it, it's the first piece, man, because the rest of it's going to, it may not work right if you don't put the belt on right. Okay. The belt of, of being real. That's what it means to be true or be real. Okay. No facade, because if you're doing that, okay then you, you're not being real with yourself. You're not being real with God or real with others. But Joseph was real with God, was real, amen, uh, with, with those around him, with, with his leaders, with his peers, okay? 
there, there was no hidden agenda in him. Okay. He was about as sincere a man as you could meet and true. He remained true. Okay. He served God in sincerity and truth. He was true. He remained, amen, no, no wavering, no up and down, no other gods. Okay. I'm going to do whatever God, God's my source. Nothing else is my source. God's my source. So to me, verse 14 summarizes the man's life. He's honorable, sincere, okay, and true, all right, uh, before his peers, before his God, before his leaders, okay. Um, that summarizes his life. And then as he goes on in verse 15 then, and he talks to them about, he says, if this seems evil to you to serve the Lord. And that word evil just means pointless or meaningless, insignificant or unimportant. See, because that's what he was seeing. And, and he, had, he had seen years of that where people maybe talked to talk, but they, they, weren't, they weren't, weren't real with it. Okay? There wasn't that sincerity and truth. Okay? That's why he's addressing them. Listen, if you're going to go on and serve God, then, then settle it. Serve God. But you're going to have to have some of these things in order. You're going to have to get real with yourself, real with God. You're going to have to develop a relationship where you're going to, you know, yourself, you have your own, uh, your own personal walk, your own personal self-disciplined walk with God in the area of intimacy with Him and following Him and listening to Him and, and, and give an ear to him and follow when he leads and even follow when he gives a rebuke, you know, settle that, change that, adjust that. All of this is, you're going to have to get real, all right? And you're going to have to remain true. I mean, I know people over the years, and, and I, I, don't mean no, I don't mean this as some condemnation to anybody, but man, you know, they won't get real with themselves. And so what happens is you have to address something. And because... Uh, you know, they're, they're not real with God, not real with themselves, not real with anybody else for that matter. And it, uh, it doesn't take much. And pretty soon they're leaving, they're quitting, they're giving up, they're throwing in the towel, they're running away, run off to another church or ministry and uh, until they get rebuked from there. And then they run off to, I mean, they cruise a man. They cruise from one church to another, uh, you know, from uh, they, they, they can't stay anchored in anything. They have no self-discipline about their walk in God at all. Uh, you know, they don't have an ear to hear anything. They won't listen to rebuke. They won't listen to, uh, to direction. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just saying it. It's sad, okay? And then you, you, don't, uh, you, don't, you don't receive what you could receive. You don't fulfill what you could fulfill. And, and, and you get mad with God thinking God's done you wrong or the church has done you wrong. And it all just comes down to you're not serving God with sincerity and truth. You're not, you're not honoring God. You're not being honorable to those around you. You're not being honorable to your leaders. I'm just saying, okay, this is just something that's got to be alive in us. Amen. You got to be willing to take some, uh, some instruction and some correction at times. Amen. And nobody wants to be, you know, told what to do all the time and corrected about everything all the time. I get that. But but man, you got to be open to some of that. If you think for one second that you got all the answers, buddy, you, you're deceived, okay? And if, if you're not leaning on God as your source and willing to follow uh, the leading of, of the people that God places uh, in your life, 
okay, for, you know, that'll watch over your soul. If you ain't going to give heed to any of that, well, then you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to end up, it's not going to be pretty for you, okay? And he addressed these people and he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. That's what, that's what we do. We serve God. We're, we're going to remain true, remain sincere, and remain honorable for God and serve Him. Amen. He leads. We follow. He directs. And we do. Amen. And remember, that's what Jesus did. That's what made Him successful. That, that right, right there in a nutshell, what Jesus did that made Him successful. All right? Now, listen. I say all that because He addressed them. And they all said, well, of course we're going to do that. They all knew the right words. And you may be sitting there right now looking at me, thinking, well, get on with it, Pastor. We know this. Well, yeah, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do Well, you know, I'm just telling you, sometimes, sometimes it maybe isn't as settled on the inside as you'd like, like to think it is. And in this case, okay, they, kept, they kind of argued with him. Said, we're going to do this. Of course we're going to do this. You know, what are you telling us this for? We know better. We, we, we're we going to do this. Well, he said, I'm just telling you, okay? This is, you got to settle it. If you don't, it ain't going to be good for you. And uh, we, we, if you get off, like I mentioned earlier, you get into Judges and then right at the beginning of Judges when he, uh, you know, that he passes on, okay? And he was 110 years old when he passed. But the word says almost, almost the next thing that was said is the children really started getting squirrely. Okay, they started going off the deep end again. Okay, and then we got issues again. Now we're back to, you know, bondage and everything else. Okay, so Joshua had seen some things and was aware of some things. He wasn't being critical. He wasn't being judgmental. I'm sitting here as your pastor's talking to you right now. I ain't critical or judgmental of you. I'm just telling you, okay, you got to settle these things. Because if you don't, the first time something don't quite go right or somebody says something you don't like, you're... You're, you're running away, running off, and falling off the deep end out there somewhere, okay? So you got to settle these things. And to me, Joshua is a perfect example of an honorable uh, servant of God, assistant or servant of God, amen, that remained true uh, to his peers, uh, to his leaders, and to his God. Praise God. He's a great example for us to follow, amen? I hope you got something today. Father, I give praise and glory once again for this people. I'm thankful, Lord God, that today, again, they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you, too, for even opening the eyes of our understanding, giving us some clarity about some of these things and as an example in, in, in Joshua's life. And, and with that, we give praise and honor for that. Forgive us for the times maybe we haven't followed or haven't yielded to some uh, of your biddings and promptings or maybe in words of correction. Forgive us for that. We know that you're faithful and just to forgive. We receive that. And now we choose to move forward and do this thing right. And for that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory, or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.